0: welcome to another episode of Stress Bucket Solutions. Another lovely client interview today. Uh, with this one, so you're going to hear from Eloise. Um, Eloise talks fast like me. So keep up. So put pin those lugger holes back now and strap yourself in for this. So she talks fast, very enthusiastic, absolutely fab peasant, super intelligent. So intelligent. I cannot tell you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's why I guess she, she talks fast because she cannot get her information out quick enough. So like I said, pin your goals back for this one and get ready. So Eloise, um, you will hit. she abbreviates a couple of things for me. SFT. You should know what SFT is now. It's solution focused therapy. So she calls it SFT, obviously to speed up the way she speaks, because Why would Eloise ever slow down by using solution-focused therapy and and saying it like that when she can use SFT? So when she mentions that, I just wanted to highlight that because not many of my clients have said that. And I don't say it often myself. I use it in um, my social media sometimes, but I don't often say it. So that is one of her abbreviations. It's also got a little bit of a business angle. So Eloise works for herself and I wanted to give this a little bit of a business angle as well in the hope that it might help obviously, anyone in business working for themselves. But also, I am giving a, a guest lecture at Edinburgh University Business School. And if you guys at Edinburgh Uni want to use this as a bit of a tutorial episode, um, feel free. So, you're going to hear from the business angle of why mental well-being is so important. And if you can learn this at the beginning of your business, oh, we're just going to business in the future now is is going to be totally different. If we can get this in at university level, college level, school level even, oh, you you know, we're going to change the world if people can get a grasp on this. So, I hope you enjoy her interview. I certainly did. Full disclosure, uh, uh, Eloise and I are friends. Yes. Uh, So, we met through networking, just business networking and, and getting connected. Uh, first of all, virtually, because it was during the pandemic. Uh, And then we met up in Edinburgh once all the lockdown and everything was lifted. And since then, we've made friends. But we we talk a lot about business, both of us obviously working for ourselves. We've got a lot of ideas to exchange, a lot of support for each other as well. But um, we did our sessions purely online, because that's how I work now. So even though she lives uh, in Edinburgh, it's it's something we could have done face to face and being friends, she could have come around my house or I could have come around her house. But no, we, we did it online. We kept it professional. There is a professional boundary. Even if I do see um, other people that I know, friends, colleagues, other therapists, I will always keep it professional. I'll put my professional hat on because it's about boundaries. It's about, about boundaries for me uh, as well as for you. But she absolutely slayed the 10 week program and just went through it. So um, I hope you enjoy her recording now of her interview. And um, I'll pop back at the end. Let me know what you think, if you've got any feedback on this one. Hi, Eloise. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast interview. It's not easy for everyone, but you were dead keen. You were really keen. To do I this. was.
1: Yeah, I really was. But I think when you see the results or you experience the results of something like solutions focused therapy firsthand, you're like, I want to tell all the people. So Good. very happy.
0: Lovely. Well, uh, tell uh, for my podcast listeners, um introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself, and what you do, um and and all that jazz.
1: Absolutely. So, my name is Eloise, and I am the founder and allegedly managing director of a communications consultancy called Olim. So, my background is in linguistics, and I I really, I work in the realm of of human connections. So I want businesses to connect better with their customers. Very recently I've become quite passionate about employee engagement, mainly after reading statistics that set my brain on fire, like 8% of workers in Britain are actually engaged in their jobs. And I had that, that's not okay moment. Um, So I do a lot of work around brand and around employee brand, repositioning, communication activity, internally and externally. And I love what I do when I'm not working, I am hanging out with my gorgeous husband, who I grabbed with a big net and made him marry me in June of this year. Um and I I love to weightlift. I love to do lots of sports and gym stuff. I mean sports lol. I do gymming in my spare time, um, leap around there and yeah, spend time with my family and try and get outdoors as much as I can. So yeah, that's me.
0: That's fantastic. Now what you what you failed to mention is that you run your own business. Oh sorry, yes I do. Yes, yes I, the, I do. Your yeah. business that you talked about <laughs> is your own because this is going to come to the stress we're going to talk it about. Is. Okay. Exactly. So I'd, I'd really like to, you know, as we talk, uh, focus in on, you know, sort of business stress. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's your own bit. So tell us a little bit about you founding your own business and how and why. And
1: Oh, definitely. Well, um, so I I had a career in the truest sense of the word, as in sort of careering downhill out of control rapidly <laughs> from one thing to another. So I've had a lot of roles in my past where I've done lots of different things. Um I helped launch Deliveroo into Scotland. I taught at the University of Aberdeen for a couple of years. I sold advertising sales, but just very badly can't ask for money over the phone. So that really put a quick stop to that. Uh, I worked in Lululemon. I worked in public brand and Did PO.
0: name-dropping here. Name-drop, name-drop.
1: No, 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 no. I sold yoga pants. <laughs> it wasn't like I was in Lulu's head office or anything like that. I, I told people they look great in spandex, although you probably do that in head office too. I don't know. But the... Um, the the kind of thread of all these different roles was communication. And I wound up immigrating, lol, didn't. I just lived in Toronto for six months. So it's really, let's call it what it was. It was a sabbatical. And when I was in Toronto, um, I had the kind of grandiose dream that I would become a food journalist and I would be a freelance, you know, freelance food journalist out there. And that was, it turns out, pitching your stories to editors is almost as scary as asking for money over the phone. Um, So I sucked at that too, and very quickly realized I needed to find another way to kind of keep my my business chops going, so to speak. so I wound up doing some pro bono work for a charity and I cold emailed um, something like all of the MSPs in Scotland and I basically emailed them to say this is an amazing charity They're grassroots are Scottish they make videos for children who are about to go through hospital procedures and don't know what it's like if you're six years old and you have to have an MRI scan that's going to be pretty frightening for you it's loud and clunky and claustrophobic so they would make videos that showed what was happening and then I um, basically said to all of the MSPs hello Um, My name's Eloise, and I do some work for this charity, but this is what they do, and this is what makes them so special, Um, and I kind of hit for them, I hit all the boxes off, this is a Scottish campaign, it helps children, it's healthcare related so it supports the NHS, it's funded so it's free for everybody. Um, And I just said, what help could you possibly give us? Could you put us in the connection of funding groups or steering communities or anything like that? Um, And ultimately, you know, looking for a little bit of recognition. And in terms of the recognition, we actually had a parliamentary motion passed within a week of me sending that email to say we recognize formally the work of this charity. But the thing that really struck me was I got something ridiculous, like a 67% response rate from people who don't typically like answering constituent emails. So I got to thinking, oh, there's probably something here linguistically and that's my background is in linguistics and really that's where the consultancy was born from and I think you know speaking about business stress it, it I so the business actually turned four years old just last week um oh, which people my it's the longest I've ever had a job and I think that says a lot about my skill set Um, but what I've I've really I've really come to experience so I started the business literally on the precipice of the pandemic so Olim got going sort of September 2019 and then I got home from Canada in January 2020 had not really had any paid work at all by this point but got to kind of got to thinking to myself you know well this might not be going anywhere what am I going to do about it got home 27 living with my parents um had just broken up with a boyfriend i'd gone to toronto with literally no job no prospects nothing and then the coach came down and it was COVID from march onwards and actually that was the biggest blessing in disguise i mean for i not to take away from the fact that it was a horrendously stressful time for so many people not to diminish from that at all but actually my back was against the wall proverbially speaking and i had to make things happen i had to make the business work because there was literally no other avenue for me um but that's, but that's a good
0: mindset right so that already oh, we're so. laying the groundwork here of what we're yeah. going to talk about yeah these yeah, are the yeah. challenges you went through yes yeah. it was this you know perfect storm of the pandemic you coming mm. back a breakup you know I think mean, you know a lot of people can <laughs> can relate to that you know it yeah. seems to be a perfect storm that happens mm. and then it all just implodes oh, so what you're saying there that you know so you started a business and the the pandemic and actually that, that's how we met as well, it wasn't is. it? And it was just yeah. virtually online, someone connected yeah. us. And yeah. it was purely in a business networking sort of sense Absolutely. at that point. But that already lays the groundwork of you you had a certain mindset that took you to that point at least. Oh yeah. 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 And so I, running your own business then for a couple of years and everything. And and it showed the confidence you had from all your, you know, you've got a very impressive C V there. So there's confidence. There's things built up. But it so outwardly, you know, looking at this very successful person, so it's September 2023 now. Mm-hmm. And when you, you know, I, I think I've said this to you when you approached me in January of this year, did, saying, Jen, yeah. I'm not coping. One, it was very honest of you to say it. Thanks. But to be at that point that you really needed to see me mm-hmm. on a professional level. what what brought that about what what do you think happened because like that's so impressive in the pandemic you did all that so you you were doing okay Mm. can you describe where you were in January 2023 then
1: absolutely so so what's interesting about that is I think that maybe people listening to this might quite understandably think actually you know you were probably more stressed during the pandemic um and if you coped with all of that why weren't you coping with the Mm. business was more successful so Mm. the business last year made six figures and that still makes my brain short circuit when I think about it um and you know what emerged from that really was it was twofold so on one hand it was kind of confirmation that I could do the hard thing on the other hand I had made everything about the metrics and when I was first growing the business I was in this sort of like weird little corner of my own and I was in a space where I I was just kind of trying things out and I hadn't attached so much meaning to it. I was so excited about it. And I was in this place of possibility. And I think when you have, when you have nothing, you know, you literally, you have no boyfriend, you have no partner, you have no flat of your own. You are 27 living with your parents. There's, I was living the millennial It wasn't a nightmare Mm -hmm. because I love my family, very blessed in that sense. But I think because I had, it was rock bottom in a lot of senses. It actually gave me more freedom to play because I didn't really care what anyone else thought. I was just kind of doing, literally built my business sliding into people's DMs on LinkedIn. That's pretty much how we became friends. But in January, 2023 of this year, um, I have been so focused on making making the numbers look good for myself in my mind I was like well that's how I'm going to know I've been successful is I'll I'll get I'll hit that metric and that will feel amazing um, and that'll be incredible and it doesn't matter how bad it hurts on the way I'll get there and that'll be that'll be at that point I will be happy and what I had kind of done without really realizing it was I had really delayed letting myself enjoy the life that I had built and there's an enormous freedom and flexibility that comes with being your own boss you will work the hardest you've ever worked because you're also relentless on yourself but I think that I got to a point in January 2023 where I was so chronically stressed I didn't even realize I was stressed it had just become my baseline and I didn't have energy to go out and do things Christmas was just awful I mean and, and this is by the way this is not related I got engaged in November um and it was Christmas wasn't awful because of that because my husband is amazing but it was it was the stress suddenly of hey wedding planet um and also for the record wedding planning is literally the most stressful yeah. I would rather be dragged over hot coals than plan a wedding <laughs> again. I will put that on record. If it wasn't for my my mother and my family planning that I would have just like married him in a bin like that. I honestly that's where I got to.
0: That's why but people this, run off to get married. That's don't why they? Like, people run abroad. away.
1: Yeah. That's I get it. I do. I really do. Um but in January I really I think the best analogy for it was I felt like I was living behind a plexiglass wall. I I could see this amazing life that I had in theory. I had a house of my own that I had bought with my own money which I just never thought I would achieve. I had passed my driving test and I had a little car. I had this gorgeous fiancé, this beautiful loving family. I had this thriving business by all respects and on the inside I just felt like ashes. I was hollow and I felt like there was this amazing this amazing this facade. This like she's got it all together. You know, sometimes her hair looks good, and really behind the plexiglass wall, I'm going ah! and just screaming on the inside. um But actually, it wasn't even anymore. That it was apathy. I was so numb, and I hit that that metric, that big goal of mine, and it was so fleeting because what I hadn't, what I'd sacrificed in the process was actually enjoying the life that I had. But I think I'd got so wrapped up, and, and some of the projects I did last year were really significant with global organizations and I think I had got so concerned about performing for them I had forgotten what my own expertise was so I had absolutely zero confidence in my ability to deliver even though I had delivered and I think it got to the point where I was second guessing myself overthinking and as someone who is kind of naturally wired to be relatively anxious but also very good at hiding it no one knew that I was struggling so no one knew to say hey you don't you don't look great. You're you're not well. You look like the vegetable back of the crisper that someone's left there for a really long time. The spiritual sense, <laughs> and I think that you know, for um, you know, for for the fact that I I have been so passionately in love with this business that I have built, and I just got to January and I thought I can't face this anymore. I've been thinking about finding therapy or finding help for a long time. And I've, I've, I, I recognize the place of kind of traditional CBT therapies and things like that. I do, they can be very important, and very helpful. But I also knew that what I wanted was change. I didn't want to articulate my problem and explain its roots in my childhood. I didn't really want to go after any of that. I wanted it to be fixed. And I think I got to the point where I was so miserable. And as it accumulated over months and months, I was so miserable and so burned out. I was extra crispy that I thought, I, just, I want this over and over. So when I came to you, it was like, Jin, this is what I need. I'm going to pay you right now, but we're going to fix this. And you said, okay. And then we did, which was great. <laughs> yeah. you know, it was really, yeah. it was absolutely what that I needed.
0: Good. So significant what you said there, Louise, like the definition of success. Hey, so outwardly, everything's fine. Everything's going well and people running their own business. Like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing that. And inside, if you are not looking after yourself, how sustainable is that for your business? is that that's got to start becoming a metric of the definition of success, right?
1: 100%. And for any, any fellow business owners are listening to this or anyone who is involved in a business who's listening to this and thinking about their staff, I can borderline guarantee you that the most outwardly successful looking people in your business would probably really benefit from you checking in on them. Yeah. Um, and for people in your team who maybe have, you know, had a difficult time in their life they've had a bereavement they've had something go on these things have echoes you know and they have ripples and I think that it's very easy to put a face on because especially in the UK we are all we are still affected by the culture of the stiff upper lip and I think we think it's a weakness to show our feelings it's a weakness to show now I'm not saying let them rule you because I definitely got to a bit of that in like letting the stress drown me but I think sometimes it can become habit And you need to break that cycle, you need to get someone who's going to come in and reinforce what has been good with you? What has been good in your day? And to, I think get us off a, sometimes we get on this sort of almost like train tracks, you know, where all we can see is, is the negative and all we can see are things that come, or we look for research. So one of the biggest tenets is that we look for evidence of what we choose to believe. If you believe that you are depressed and stressed and anxious and there's no cure, you will disprove every positive proven theory that is shown to work.
0: That's right. You will
1: be, you will be the person that's like, oh, well, you know, I've done this for X amount of years and I just can't get better. It was, well, you've just made your identity about that i think you for sft to work you have to really want to change genuinely want yes. to change not not sit comfortably in this position of being a professional victim yeah. and yeah. i know that sounds really harsh it's not meant to be it's just being truthful yeah because well, it's,
0: it's exactly the question i ask at the end of that and it's called are you ready to change like, honestly yeah. are you ready to change because That's there's true. there's comfort in staying where you are yeah Why would you go through something to change? Because actually where you are, you've got used to. It's the familiar place. Even if it's a horrible place, it's familiar. Why would you go out into the unknown? Because you don't know what's out there. Because you're thinking negatively, well, it could be even worse if I do that.
1: It could
0: be 84% what kind? So what kind of symptoms would you say you had? You know, for other people to sort of think, you know, where they are. So symptoms, you know, physical, mental, actual symptoms. Could you, you know, put them into words absolutely
1: so the reason i'm laughing um is so i actually i really struggle with something called emetophobia, which is a phobia of vomiting i've had it all my life i can't watch it in movies so if any of the movie directors listening is just take take i know
0: know. there's no need
1: there's no need there's literally no artistic value in that i don't care just no stop it just Whatever you take away from this podcast, let it be that. So I was very compulsive and I, my hands were dry and cracked from me washing them all the time. I was obsessive about checking things like sell-by dates on food, or, you know, I have a temperature probe in my kitchen for checking the meat, the the meat, like sort of temperature. Um, I really got quite compulsive and obsessive around specific things. I would check my emails two, three, four, five, six times in the space of 10 minutes um anticipating something coming in um I couldn't sleep that was one of the biggest things at the end of my the project I would wake up at two in the morning at like literally 2 34 I think it was specifically wow. and my brain oh my goodness and my brain would go on the washing machine cycle and I would know logically there's literally nothing I can do I'm not going to get up right now and do anything but it didn't matter my I was just That's on right. this rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. So I would lie awake for an hour and a half, fall back asleep, wake up again at like, you know, half past four. And I I literally got where I was prescribed sleeping, sleeping tablets for a while. They may be really like, that was a very interesting experience on yes. this because I was just, I was, this is probably very non-PC. I was total space cadet. I was very dissociated. Um, So I mean, I did sleep. I would wake up and then I'd be like, hey, it's fine. Go back to sleep. So that kind of worked. Um, but I wasn't sleeping. I My skin had broken out horribly and I was picking at it, which I'm sorry, that is probably TMI for the podcast. But I was I really, it was picking. one of those. Yeah.
0: Body like when, focused... I, when I ask people about like nail biting, I yeah, always ask, you know, the absolutely. cuticle picking, the skin mm-hmm, picking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 So body focused repetitive behaviors was a really big thing. Yeah. Um, just not have very low energy, very low desire to do anything and crying all like literally all the time. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. I actually got to the wedding day with my husband. I was like, I will just I will drown him in my tears. That's what will happen. I will just I will cry so much. Well, well that was drown. one of the
0: reasons as well, yeah. though, wasn't it? To come and see me. Yeah. Because you thought this can't go and you weren't enjoying your wedding planning.
1: No I mean I didn't at all because it was awful but at least it was awful because it was awful not because I was sad. Yeah not because
0: you were sad yeah (laughs) like it was normal then it got to the normal point of normal wedding things. It was
1: normally terrible.
0: It Mm. was so overwhelming and it was and I I saw you and I thought this you should actually really be enjoying it and and enjoying the normal stress of wedding planning but there's there's some enjoyment to be had in it so there's so much going on physical symptom these physical symptoms as well they take you over don't they?
1: they really did and i think what had happened is i lived i wound up living with them so just just for context this sort of stress began covertly probably around may june of mm-hmm. the year before mm-hmm. um i'd taken on a, a the, the largest contract i had ever agreed to do yeah. um and very very high pressure fairly toxic work culture um, within that organization and even though I was external I was exempt from it so mm-hmm. that was interesting um, and eventually it got to the point where I, I felt like my ability to my my the, all of the the skills and all of the results that I had built my business on for the last two and a half years just sort of dissolved and all that professional confidence just got completely eroded by this very toxic workplace but it got to the point where I was in a place where I was thinking oh no it's me I'm an imposter. I have built my business on a pack of lies, um, you know, and I've, I've conned people into thinking that. I'm, and these were the thoughts that would keep me awake. Yeah, they really in the morning, got into your this. system. They really did. And I think yeah. I had I relived them so often they became truth. So being able to change to what's been good and recognising very consciously, actually, no, I did do really well on that particular pitch. Or no, I did really well in delivering that client work. And, and even the tiny things, like actually I got out of bed and I went for a walk. You know, these were the the, behind, the micro things that actually started to create a, a more positive momentum. So they stopped that sort of railroad negativity that had, was starting to become, well, it was definitely a habit. It was probably starting to become an identity and actually changed it to a, no, 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 I'm in control. And I, the only thing I control is myself. And when I decide to do that for better, I will get better. That is the outcome. That's how that works. And I'm not, again, not to take away from other people's external circumstances, the only thing literally you have control over is your your thoughts and your responses to things. And I spent so much time reacting that I think moving into a place where I was able to get out of my primitive brain and start thinking with my intelligent brain. Well done. That was where the real gear shift. Happened yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you knew well you know so we made friends through that networking over the years so you knew about my work you'd read my book as well um so you knew about it so you know you very nicely said you were the first person I thought of Jin. oh absolutely so 100 percent. and was it that you touched on it earlier but can you just go over that again about not looking at your problems of the past but where you are now and and moving forward and wanting to feel better that's that's because that's the crux of what I do and people don't, people don't get that still, like, you know, think, you know, so especially if you're like an engineer or something, you know, that's how, be, and that's how we've been taught our whole lives. So if there's something wrong, what is the problem? And then we can fix it and we can make sure it doesn't happen again. But the mind doesn't work like that.
1: mind a machine.
0: Yeah. No. So how, no, no, no. why were you so convinced? Because you were like, that. you were like, Jim, you have to see me, you have to see me. I don't care if you say, no, no I'm, I'm really. And I said, no, I need to just make sure you're suitable for it. But you were saying almost, well, I'll make myself suitable. You were so convinced even yeah. before we had the call. What was that?
1: So it's it's two things. So the first thing was that you offered something that was so completely unique to other therapists. And I know how successful your practice has been and how much you've helped people. I've, I've seen that socially. I've seen the social proof of that. You know, I have, I've, I've heard you talk about it in our friendship. I've heard you talk about the incredible sort of strides your clients have made by working with you. And I think that what, I'm, what I've what i known from your book and from reading your book is every time I opened your book, I felt hopeful because it reminded me, no, but it did, it reminded me, hey, you have agency, Eloise, you have agency and power and you can do things. And the other thing that struck me was like, did I want to be right or did I want to be happy? And the two are not mutually exclusive, but I think with modern therapy, we're like, oh, no, you must understand and completely comprehend your innate complexity and childhood trauma and all of the various triggers that happen. Let's face it, high school was probably awful for everybody. Oh, yeah. We were all
0: horrible teenagers, weren't we?
1: He is traumatic wherever you come from. I don't care. So, yes, we've all probably had instances that were not wonderful in our lives. But the choice is you can you can let yourself be defined by them or you can say, actually, I'd rather be happy. And that's what I'm gonna go for. And I, I knew from your work, I knew from talks that you know, I'd asked you to come in and deliver for us at the marketing meetup in Edinburgh, Um, you know, a whole wealth of things. And, and you being happy, you living what you preach, you practice what you encourage your clients to do. And your your commitment to that as, as a therapist was kind of the cherry on the cake for me. It was like, I, I see Jin, who is this radiant, positive, Aww. very, like very healthy boundaries. I mean, we've had rants about yeah. people who take the mickey in the business yes. realm. Yeah, it um, be like our also, boundaries. Oh, tell me about it. But I think also as a fellow, as a fellow business owner and as a fellow, I guess entrepreneur for a better word, there was something about that you would understand my challenges. And you didn't need to, but it was an, it was that helpful context. So and then I just needed. To that was it's yeah. probably not the yeah. most helpful scientific answer I could give, but I I'd seen the social proof, I had Talk to you in our conversations, trusted you and you live what you encourage others to do. Yeah,
0: I do. That I mean, that's really important to me. And that's actually the other way around. That's when I was researching types of counselling and therapy to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a great fit for me. I didn't know this kind of thing existed. I was like, that's me. That's the definition of me right there. Okay. Yeah. You know, so it, it's a good fit. And I do. Yes, I do do that. But it is significant what you said, like that you said that you believed it would work. It's in, I mean, that's 90% of success. You are on this. You're like, I've done my research. I know what's going on here. Even if you didn't know me, I'm sure we all do it, right? We all do our research. I go to buy a toaster and I'm reading all the reviews. I'm like, right, well, is this a good toaster or not a good toaster? But once I've made the decision, I'm like, no, I've done my research. This is the one for me. So why would you not do that about therapy? And that's why I've tried to make sure there's my book. There's my social media. There's my podcast. So you can have all the information, but I want you to be ready. And that will massively makes a difference to the success rate and the speed of the success rate so talking of which how soon into sessions did you notice a difference and what were those differences
1: oh my gosh okay where do i even start uh so i i already i felt better from session 1 um because i think the way first of all the way that you explained how things were going to work and you exactly what was going to happen i'm a kind of a process person i like to know what's going to happen um, but also you were so thorough in understanding what it was that was bothering me. And you affirmed your understanding of that at the first and second session. So like, these are the things that were going to help to do to calm down. Um, and I think really from the first session that the high that you get from just focusing on what's been good, it becomes this amazing virtuous Feedback loop. Mm-hmm. The second you start looking, I mean, this is how the subconscious works, right? The second you start looking for something positive, your brain will fire up with all of these different ideas. And okay, if you're in a rut, the way that I was at the start of the year, it was very difficult. But you, it, it's really it's, just because it's hard doesn't mean it isn't worth doing. So I think we got to about session three, and I remember one of our sessions, I had had the worst day, and I I had done a cry, I had done several cries by this point. I felt like the inside of someone else's armpit I was so <laughs> astonishingly miserable and then I got was like, oh was oh, uh, uh. um, you know I, I've had one of those slug days where I couldn't yeah. even go to it the was New an day evening
0: session I remember as well it we were hooked in an evening session. wasn't it so and your whole like, day had been awful
1: I was, I was just a troll in human yeah. form and I'm
0: like, oh god <laughs> now I'm gonna have to see positive gin now I've got to be positive oh no um and I think the problem is,
1: is your brain gets into and this is true in both senses your brain gets into a certain mindset where it's like no I want to be sad miserable I don't yeah. want to change but then also when you get to the positive you get to be obnoxiously positive it's like no everything's great
0: yeah. so
1: I think that I had just had the worst day ever I think it was possibly the day I've been told that my husband was going to go to Kenya for a whole month during the wedding planning and I just like yeah I I'm trying to think of the kind of communal reference everybody yeah. and was not a happy bunny we'll just put it that yeah. way um but that session my evening afterwards was like night and day I was just wow. I was transformed in that hour wow. and I think the, the one of the so beyond that one of the best long-term effects of working with you is it helped me get really clear on what I needed to feel that I have made progress in my day and I'm sure there's just there's a statistic somewhere that the leading the leading factor in feeling like you are happy at work is feeling that you have made some kind of incremental progress and in our current digital landscape where you know 90% of the jobs that we do there is no Sort of evidence that you've worked hard you know you can work really difficult and, and you you won't you won't see that stack of paper you won't see those reports file at the end of the day because it all happens online so the kind of visibility of your success is gone but why was i talking about this but the the factor of that is is that i think being able to take ownership and recount what you've achieved to be able to recognize that actually what i needed to feel that i had achieved was some kind of incremental progress when we were talking about, you know, so what do you need, would you feel good, you're, you know, think about this, you know, you're an eight the next day, you have woken up, how do you know that you're an eight, and one of the things that came back to me almost every single session was, I wake up with a sense of purpose, and, and it was that kind of like defining that purpose and really divining it for myself, um, that helped me to take charge of where I wanted my business to go and what I knew was that I didn't want another year like the year I just had where I was so stressful but I also knew that I didn't want to sack it in and go and work in Marks and Spencers I'm sure that's lovely um but the sessions I mean really started feeling better from the very beginning but I began to see sort of this unfurling of positivity and lots of other elements of my life as well in areas I didn't think would be touched by the therapy I thought I would feel better mm-hmm. but I didn't think it would unlock my creativity I didn't think it would unlock how I wanted to think about my future it it really helped me find a lot of trust in myself again in what I wanted to do and I think in a world where everyone's telling you what their opinions are and what you should do in the great echo chambers of social media having that kind of autonomy restored to yourself is a really really valuable thing to do yeah
0: a lot of people go to therapy you know and they'll say well I've got this 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 issue can you deal with it and I'll say, look, I'm going to deal with the whole primitive brain. That. And that's why you don't have to tell me the problems, because we'll be here all day. <laughs> so you don't have to tell me all your individual problems. The whole primitive brain's going to calm down. How that will come out, let's wait and see what happens. Exactly. And that's what happened with you like, as that stress bucket started uh, to empty. So normally I ask people if they were skeptical, but, you know, it doesn't sound like uh, that doesn't really apply to you. So you've already sort of said that. Um, I will ask you, though, were you nervous?
1: Not at all. No, I am. Um, I fully appreciate that. I think other folks. I mean, and I've had. I've gone to you know, quote unquote, regular therapy before, and I was yeah. nervous about that. Um, but I wasn't in the least, and I understand why people would be. I really do. Um, but I think that is the misinterpretation of what SFT will be. And I think because it's it's quite rare, um, most people anticipate therapy is oh I've got to go into all these negative emotions and dredge up mm. all these memories and sort of sort through all this crap mm. that has happened to me actually, SFT is the most liberating thing because you don't have to talk about any of that stuff. No, you get to leave that in the bin where it belongs. Yeah. And actually, what you get to do is spend an hour talking about positive stuff, setting up your sort of subconscious for success in terms of what do you want to happen
0: later in the week and then
1: relax. And I mean, this is one of the things that I thought was really funny about the relaxation is that oh, I... I, was...
0: I so want to talk to you about your relaxation. <laughs> God, you've beat me to it. I was just going to ask you, tell me yeah. about your relaxation. Ooh,
1: I I mean, at some point, I think you probably thought I had passed out of the land yeah. of living. I was yeah. so, I didn't move a muscle. I was out cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and it literally would kick in in about 30 seconds, I would, I would honestly. And I think that's because I got to the point where my brain was so used to running at like a hundred miles an hour that having the chance to slow down just sort of went
0: yeah, and like you needed that. it. It was so needed, really and that was yeah. evident from the first session. It was so mm-hmm. needed, and yeah, there was times I was I was thinking, has my screen frozen, or is she just really, really still?
1: <laughs> She's really still. Um,
0: like, yeah, no. I couldn't even see you couldn't even see you breathing at one point. You know, like your stomach going up and down. You're so still, but you. Exactly. It was such a difference right from the beginning. You you were absolutely so receptive uh to that as well
1: i think things work if you want them sorry to talk about I, oh, no, I think things work if you want them to work that yes. i mean i know I keep coming back to this but like it's it's very it's it's, my, it's probably the most empowering thing it's like you have an active choice yours is the only choice that matters ultimately in this engagement like jim you will do what you're amazing at um but if there is anybody listening to this who's like oh, "Well, i'm not sure if it's gonna work for me you have to decide one way or another. Do you want it to work? Do you want to take ownership of this beautiful, glorious yeah. life? Yeah, maybe it doesn't feel that way right now, yeah. but I can't begin to tell you how different my everyday is today. In just nine months, I mean, in, in what? We, I mean, we we wrapped up in like April, I think. Was it? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We wrapped up in um, yeah.
1: And so in four months, and I think we had quite a lot of spaces in between as well. So yeah, we went some holidays, you were off.
0: Yeah, so that's why it took. But you did have the full-on, my program, 10 sessions. Oh, yeah.
1: It was yeah. phenomenal, though. And, and yeah. like, it, think about that. Like In 10 weeks' time, you yeah. could be feeling yeah. transformed. Yeah. It's all down to you. It yeah. really
0: is. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is about, it's taking a leap of faith. 100%. That's what I say. So you don't, if you're 90% convinced, go for it you do. You know when are we 100% about anything but you have to take a leap of faith and say I want something different it's your own narrative you have yeah. to control that um so yeah and, and you did rattle through the sessions like I said you were very very receptive to it so um what are you doing now what's your biggest learning that you've taken away oh. from our sessions what do you continue to do what can you see can you see yourself because because you haven't had a top-up session you know yeah. I, I offer those you're not needed yeah, you it and you're just and what difference has it made to your business as well
1: oh that's a great question so the first one um I think if I needed a top-up session it was almost definitely before the wedding and I got too stressed and I can't do it um so what is the biggest learning positivity is a choice and a habit um and I think it's very fashionable to be pessimistic because if you're pessimistic you never get upset which is just am I allowed to swear yes can i do a tiny sweat bullshit like it's just nonsense (laughs) i'm so sorry for that people who are listening who might now be offended but it just oh the idea that pessimism is the safest route to go because you're not going to be disappointed it's more realistic nonsense absolutely nonsense It's, it's just a mindset that makes you miserable don't do it positivity is a habit and i've fallen out of the habit and i'm naturally a very positive person i've fallen out of the habit of being positive so even now when i have wobbly days I will because you know, there, there's still those echoes of all that imposter syndrome and that that you know the horrible stuff that happened yeah, last year when,
0: when you run out um, of business it's always oh, there
1: exactly and I think that's why it's, it's even more important to make sure that you have a framework and you have exercise and things that you can do to make you feel better um so the biggest learning to me was that actually I have full control and power for someone who is quite control-minded that was that was just the best most exciting thing ever because to me it it was an uncomfortable reminder that I am the one in the driver's seat and it felt really good to be back in that place again so with my business now I am making waves and moves into more internal communications employee engagement I was at a conference in London uh, last week for this very purpose, which was amazing. Um, And I have ideas now that I'm excited to bring to people. I I don't have, you know, enormous expertise in these areas yet, but I think a lot of what I do applies in these areas. And I'm excited to see where that goes. And I think um, I feel more positive about taking risks, you know, sort of a pseudo risk in that sense. I launched my own podcast today, uh, which was, again, very exciting. And I think that what I really got from SFT was this sense that you, you can just try stuff. And it doesn't need to be perfect. And I'm 100% perfectionist, 100%. Um, I'm also the kind of weird perfectionist that waits for the right time to be perfect, or like the timing to be perfect to do something, which if you're waiting for the perfect time to do therapy, don't wait, do it now. If you're thinking about it, if something feels even a little bit off, don't wait, do it now. So the longer you leave it, the worse it's gonna get. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know the, the, the kind of empowerment, the personal empowerment, the you, know, you asking the questions of, well, well why? And why would that be good? And why would that be good? Has helped me kind of drill down into the granularity why I want to do things like go to the gym. Um, and the reason I want to go to the gym is because I want to, hopefully my husband and I will be able to start a family in a couple of years. I want to be ship for the tiny humans. Yeah. That's what I want to be. And I want to be able to run around with the small ones. Um, and that is more motivating to be, be like, yeah, I want a six pack and a hot butt and a hot And I don't <laughs> yeah. get me wrong, I'd love a six pack. Yeah. If anyone has one of those, they can mail me, that would be great. Um, but you know i think my reasons for doing things now feel a lot more genuine and pure than they had when they were motivated out of fear
0: yeah
1: and that means that my motivation is far more long lasting and i am far more excited about the possibilities that are coming my way you know yeah. the future isn't a scary place anymore it's somewhere that i can i can take what i've learned and i can
0: i can make it good yeah. you know yeah fantastic good stuff do you think everyone should be, anyone who wants to run their own business should have this alongside? Because it, it's not measurable, is it? I mean, you know, so we can measure our business stats and mm-hmm. our profits and, you know, net profits and gross profits and all those stats and customer service. And are we doing enough in the world of business and work to look after one's mental well-being, especially if you work for yourself mm. as a sole uh-huh. person and in a service-based kind of industry?
1: Yeah, if you're looking after the needs of others, you need to look after your own needs too. Yeah. Um I think it's interesting that you mentioned it's it's not a measurable metric in that sense, but then neither is word of mouth, and that is the wholly available marketing. So, you know, sometimes the most important metrics are not actually the ones you can measure. So yeah. keep that in your mind. Um as oh, a write that down,
0: group, that's a good quote. <laughs>
1: as a solo business owner if, if there are any other fellow business owners listening to this please take care of yourself um it can be incredibly lonely to be a business owner and i mm-hmm. I, I know where i speak um but yeah. i also would say for any founders any ceos any senior executives leaders vps out there the weight the crushing weight sometimes of organizational success when it rests on your shoulders You are the person everyone comes to for help, so it feels very unnatural to you to want to ask for help. It is the best thing that you can do. Um, Because if you go, leadership has an outsized impact on any organization. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you're, creating massive risk for everybody else after you and that can have a ripple effect on other people's mental health and i think that it's you know looking after yourself in the form of of something like this especially with the stresses the constant mental worrying um never really feeling like your to-do list is done these are all in you know micro stresses they can build up over time you might not even realize that you're stressed but if you kind of look out at the day and everything feels grey, even though it isn't that's probably a symptom that you are burned out, but very good at hiding it, even from yourself. So I would hugely recommend for leadership in any form, as you said, Jim, particularly in a service-based business where you're always anticipating the needs of others. It gets very easy to get filled up with looking after their needs. It's not about you being me first, it's about being me too. And I think when you add your own well-being into that mix you're so much better prepared to help and serve others I am a better business owner now because I can take care of myself on the mental front if I didn't I would be letting all my clients down mood management is one of the best skills a business owner can have and leverage
0: for sure I mean thank you very much for saying that that I live by you know what I do because yes I I do have pretty much my ducks in a row but when they're not I'll have an exchange session with one of my colleagues so you've, you've got to stay on top of things. And I think what you said there about, you know, leaders in business. So, yes, me with my business, it spreads into all app factors of life. Mums with their kids. You're the leader of that family. You know, if you're leading a family, then you need to look after yourself. So, you know, I'm trying to get that through. So mums will do anything for their kids, but they won't look after themselves. Which
1: is I understand why it's like, well, I don't have time. It can't happen. These are all excuses. Yeah. you can find yeah. the time if you can binge yeah. watch Netflix you can go for an hour of SFT yeah. and I think the thing is that mothers have their finger on the pulse of every single member of the family yeah. at any point you could probably rock up and ask a mum how's everyone doing and she would be able to tell you yeah yeah I think in that realm it that becomes even more critical to make sure you are listening into for your own needs as well
0: yeah cool uh so um what would you say to, well, do I need to ask this question? What would you say to anyone about solution-focused work? <laughs> Don't even answer hey, I, that. I like I just, that. I just, I just want to hear more good stuff about me, basically. <laughs> that makes me feel like, so no, I let's not talk oblige. about that. But I, thank you so much for giving this business angle to it as well, because I really wanted to dig into that a little bit. But you can see how it spreads into all areas of your life. You know, really and, and like I said, I know you continue to do well. I'm always here when if you do need a top-up session, but thank you. so far so good. Hey. Yeah. Absolutely. Well. No, no it is
1: life-changing that's the one thing i would say is it is and it's not just because it fixes the problem it's because it equips you with the tools you need to fix anything yeah. that comes down the tracks in the future yeah it's such a good investment in now and future you
0: yeah yeah and that's my aim to give you those tools so you can mm-hmm. carry on and forget you ever had to come and see me uh, as well so all good so eloise Thank you so much. I'm going to put a link to your podcast and your website in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. So people can find out about you. And then they can also look at your pictures and look at your gorgeous hair, which I always admire so much. (laughs) There's always that. I appreciate that. Beautiful hair all the time, always. (laughs) Um, But thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I hope once this goes out, you enjoy listening back to it as well. I think I will. I think I will.
1: I love talking with you. And this has been a real privilege. Thank you so much for having me. I'll
0: I'll see you for brunch sometime soon. Yeah. Oh, you will. Let's put that in the diary. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you. You're
1: welcome.
0: Wow. What did you think of that? Wasn't she fabulous? Could you keep up with how fast Eloise was talking there? She she was absolutely fantastic with it, wasn't she? So what she's uh, she talked about so well was you know, you've got to look after yourself first. And I like that. And what I said there myself, I'm not picking myself up here, but what I said about, you know, it's, a, she talked about leaders in business, but we're leaders in our family, we're leaders in our schools, we're leaders in our friendship group. Whoever you are, it's about looking after yourself first. Mental well-being, all of this, it's not a, a soft skill anymore. It's something we need to start taking seriously. So look after yourself, do something, and therapy, if you don't like that word, it's just something because I can't describe myself as a coach because that's not what I do. I'm a psychotherapist. All that psychotherapy means is talking therapy. You're going to talk to me. I'm going to do some relaxation, but we're going to talk about where you are now moving forward. It's not about your past. What is it that you want? What do you want for your business? What are your visions going forward? What would show you in small incremental steps that you're doing well? And if you look at anyone who's successful in business that's what they do small steps all the time people who you think are an overnight success are not an overnight success joe wicks talks about this all the time so you know all of a sudden you remember during the lockdown he was everywhere and even before that you know he was pretty famous with all his books but so you know when he started out he used to take a bike and on the back of the bike was some fitness equipment to do a boot camp in Richmond Park he used to stand outside the tube station handing out leaflets he did that for years no one used to come to his boot camp because some days he would go to his boot camp no one used to come can you imagine that now can you imagine no one went to joe wicks boot camp but he started somewhere but the mental resilience he had to get to where he's got must have been massive he must have had some help he must have naturally been good or surrounded by positive people we we're not all as fortunate as that, but you need someone in your corner. You need a therapist. You need a coach. You need someone. You need someone to help you who's on your side. And if you your mental well being is good, if your stress bucket is empty, you then have plenty of capacity to deal with all those challenges because running a business is hard. It's hard work. Doing anything is hard work. Choose your hard. To, what, what's you know, you, running a business is hard work. Working for someone else is hard work. Which which hard do you want? Being married is hard work. Being single is hard work. Which which hard do you want? Once you start to accept that, you know, life is hard, but once you choose your hard and you have an empty stress bucket, it actually doesn't feel that difficult. What can I do to make this easy? So this is the choice I've made. Make your choice with integrity. You want to run your own business, for example. What am I going to do about it? And I'm so pleased Eloise took the time out to recognize she needed to look after herself. Something was going wrong. She wasn't enjoying life at that point, and she did something about it, and you can too. And as you heard from her, sessions are enjoyable. It's about directing your mind. It's retraining. It was a day that she didn't want to come, wasn't there? And a lot of my clients say that, you know, they've had a really bad day and then you're going to, I totally appreciate that. You're going to turn up. I'm going to turn up and pop up on your Zoom screen and say, hi, what's been good about your week? And you're going to want to throttle me. But that is how we are training your brain. To work better, and as you heard from Eloise, by the end of the session, she was felt so much better. It was night and day. My job is to help you feel better, to get you to feel better. So I'll always say to my clients, whatever day you've had, I want you to come to that session because there's no point going back to the old ways and feeling worse. My job is to make you feel better. So whether you're running your own business or working for someone else, you will need motivation. You want performance. You want to be able to be you know, really, really motivated, very proactive, very creative with ideas. This all comes from your intelligent brain. You will have a fear factor. You will be anxious about things, but these are all controllable in your intelligent brain. You do not need your primitive brain to take over. So like I said, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I certainly did. Thank you, Eloise, for recording that with me uh i am leaving eloise's website and uh link to her podcast in the show notes so do give her a follow and i do mean that even if you just want to look at her pictures of a beautiful hair um have a have a stalk of her website and have a look yeah just amazing hair um i will see eloise i will see you for breakfast soon so we we have a little breakfast every few weeks uh, and just check in with each other and, you know, business ideas and what we're doing and encouraging each other to move forward because that's the support network. You have to find those uh, commonalities with people. But you do not have to know me to come on board with me. Saying that, a lot of people recently have come on calls with me and said, Jin, I feel like I already know you because they've listened to my podcast, they've read my book, they've followed me on social media, they're in my Facebook group, etc." You know, they're doing these things. So do your homework on me. Feel free. It's all out there. Do your homework on me. And I see you, you people in the background who are lurking, who are doing the work. Good on you. I'm with you all the way. You're doing the work. You're just following the little system. You're doing the solution focus process. I see you. I see you doing it. I'm so proud of you. So you do not have to come on board with me as a client one-to-one. If you're reading my book and listening to this podcast and doing all the little exercises or tips or at least really starting to change the way you're thinking, I'm with you all the way. Good on you. So for now, goodbye, and I will see you next time for more Stress Bucket Solutions, and we'll take you from there. Take care for now. See you. <music>